Hello and welcome to The Falcon, a football podcast where we like to talk football. I'm your host, Clarky, and joining me as always, I've got Jesse. Yeah, boy. And I've got Chris. Hey. Yeah, Chris. Yeah, get right in that microphone. <laughs> Fuck yeah. So guys, new year, second episode of 2024, and we've already encountered a little bit of a dilemma. We knew this was coming. So, listeners, we've been doing teams in alphabetical order. And as some of you astute Alphabet fans might realize, after Geelong, the next team is Gold Coast. Now, I don't personally know anyone who goes for Gold Coast. Jesse, Chris, you don't know anyone who goes particularly for Gold Coast that we can have on this episode. Or goes for Gold Coast in general. Do you guys pick uh, teams for your pets? Yeah, it's my team. No. Yeah, they just go for my team. So our pet lizard, Grimlock, goes to the Suns because he's, he's a lizard. Well, yeah, of course, that makes and sense. And he can't speak. He doesn't have a setup. Yeah, no, but he appreciates the sun the most. He does. A, a real son of the Gold Coast sky, if you will. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> Very good. Well done. So we're going to do this one a little bit differently. Usually we would talk to someone about their experiences as a fan, and maybe we'll find someone over the next 12 months and we can do this again next year. Who knows? <laughs> Maybe this is the year for Gold Coast fans to multiply. What are we going to do next? Pre- uh, next, um, I know season break. Oh, we'll find what, new what fans. Do we talk about the teams again? That's a in re- a secret. Oh yes, we, yeah. Don't worry, guys. We've got it planned out. <laughs> yeah, we've got it planned. We're going to talk about the NRL teams. <laughs> I can't wait to talk about all of the NRL teams. I know. Like, hey guys, the Rabbitohs. What the, the Storm? No, fuck it. It's not a real sport. Yeah. Uh, So, we're just going to go through some of the history of the Gold Coast. And maybe listeners, if some of this history interests you, maybe you can take a keener look at Gold Coast this year. Maybe there's a Gold Coast moment that you want to share with us, which you can do via social media after this episode has been released. So, we'll start it off. I have taken a very diligent look at Wikipedia to go through the early (laughs) inception of Gold Coast because... I don't know if you guys remember the inception of Gold Coast. So Gold Coast came into the AFL competition in 2011, was their first AFL year. How has it been more than a decade? It feels like it was like- It's wild. 45 minutes ago. Yeah. yeah. It, it, they, they still feel so new. And prior to that, they did, a, they did a season in the VFL. Yes, correct. And a season before that in the TAC Cup, which is the under-17s league. So the inception of Gold Coast actually goes all the way back to 2007. So in 2007, Andrew Demetrio, then AFL CEO, met with the mayor of Gold Coast over a cup of coffee to decide to make a team in the Gold Coast. Uh, Demetrio was quoted as saying it took him two cups of coffee before thinking it was a good idea. <laughs> which That's is not time. enough coffee. <laughs> That's not enough it coffee. was a different time. <laughs> it was actually Jaeger. <laughs> yeah, whatever was in that coffee must have been real good. Some just straight sunshine in there. There's a there's a lot of a sunshine wink on the Gold Coast. A wink, two sugars, please. Cocaine. <laughs> so initially, Demetrio wanted North Melbourne to relocate to the Sunshine Coast to oh, become what do to become the Gold Coast Football Club. They offered them a hundred million dollar package. To relocate and stay there permanently. So that was a big push. And the North Melbourne chairman at the time was James Brayshaw. He had a whole campaign to keep North at North, which I vaguely remember. 
and then also went, I don't care about the Gold Coast or North. And it was 2007, so Melbourne was shit as well. So I probably wasn't that super jazzed on football either. Emphatically, he basically, he basically just went, no, nah, we're not. We're not fucking going anywhere. We're staying in Arden Street, baby. This is this is where we go. I've imagined him like um, it's like Wolf of Wall Street, you know, when he's about to quit. <laughs> I'm not fucking leaving. Um, I do remember that whole that whole campaign happening and all of the talk of that the AFL wanted North to go up to the Gold Coast and North were digging their heels in. I do like that the AFL kind of North dug their heels in enough where they didn't go. And then after that, the AFL was like, what about Tasmania? How's that feel? Like, like they just kept trying to move them. They didn't didn't try and shift their focus or, go, or just accept that they're like, oh, let's find another place. It's very funny that North Melbourne have been unable to make North Melbourne happen anywhere, even though they <laughs> stayed. So that was that was that. So 2007, they're like, okay, well, we're just going to have to have to do it. So they started reaching out their consultancy clause, and they got Michael Voss as one of the main consultants to see whether football would be viable in the Gold Coast, what they needed to do to get the club set up. And initially, he was favoured to become the very first head coach. But he wanted five years. They only wanted to offer him three years. So he told them to go fuck themselves. How far out of the game was he at this point? Depends on when he retired. (laughs) (laughs) I I just can't remember when. Like, surely he would have retired sometime around 2006. Let's look it up live. Uh, Two years. So he retired in 2005. Retired in 2006. Oh, 2006. I was right. There you go. Yeah, so he retired in 2006 and then was consulting to help with the creation of the club. They wanted him as the coach, but only for three years. He wanted five years. They couldn't meet a deal. And eventually, they went with then Collingwood assistant coach Guy McKenna would be announced as the first head coach. (laughs) Nobody can see this, um, dear audio listeners, but uh, I'm pulling a face, a real Guy McKenna face. (laughs) Who did did Guy McKenna uh, coach someone before Gold Coast? Chris, you're asking a lot of questions <laughs> from from a man who from a man no, who read he, a Wikipedia article. The for a man answer who is doesn't he go didn't. for Gold Coast. You're sure asking a lot of questions, Christopher. <laughs> hmm. Or should I say Andrew Dimitri? <laughs> it's just, it, it, I just find it odd that they um the 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 two people that they went for as coach neither had coached a team before. So Guy McKenna's coaching career includes coaching Claremont. 21 games in 2003 and then coaching the Gold Coast from 2011 to 2014. Chris, sorry, I don't want to ruin this for you. And Clarky, I'm sorry I'm going to step on your toes here because no, I know you to go through. But Chris, I'm going to spoil the ending. It doesn't actually go well for Gold Coast for a while. So <laughs> I, there, there are a few mistakes made along the way. Hey, Chris, strap in. It's going to be a time. <laughs> well, look, in 2008, not only did they announce their first head coach, Guy McKenna, but they signed their first three players who were all under 17 at the time, or 17 at the time. And it was Jack Stan- uh, Jack Stanlake, Jesse Haberfeld, and Charlie Dixon. Those first two sound like when you when you go too far in the football manager future and it just starts throwing <laughs> random generated names at you. I've got, I've got to create a guy. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Stephen McPherson. <laughs> the, the second name, Jesse Haberfield or whatever it was, that's the name of our Falkenstein later today. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Haberfield. Yeah, the Haberfield and Stein. Haberfield and Stein. I hate it so much. I like up those three names. Like, two of them are clearly dead. And one of them is notoriously known for being dead, which is Charlie Dixon, because <laughs> until last year, he couldn't have his bones work. Hey, look, he's gone on to have a decent Charlie time. Charlie Dixon is the closest 
a, a we've got an AFL list of being an actual Falkenstein. Do you guys agree that Charlie Dixon has big Frankenstein vibes to him? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Friend of the show. <laughs> He's also um Falcon sign of the show. Fun fact, he also will go down in Gold Coast Club history as the player to kick their first ever AFL goal. Hey. Hey, that's a fun fact, Chris. You I got actually one. said a fun fact and followed through with it. You got one. He looks super weird in Gold Coast colours as well, Charlie, as a young lad. Yeah, he he didn't have as much of a beard, did he? He didn't look like as much of a biker. I think he started to towards the end of his time there, but it, then, look, the beard era was probably mostly in. He started talking too much like a biker, and they're like, "No, we need to get rid of this guy." <laughs> yeah, I'm sure that's what it was. <laughs> I'm sure that's the problem that they were having. <laughs> so in that in 2008, they would also be announced to be playing in the 2009 TAC Cup season. Uh, so that's what's now called the, is it the NAB League now, I believe? Yep. Is the under-17s competition. And in the 2009 TAC Cup season, they won 11 of their 15 games. They won an elimination final and got knocked out in a semi-final. Not bad. It's the best Gold Coast has ever done. <laughs> hey, you know, people say they haven't won a final. Mm, I disagree. Disagree. Historically. Look, I have I have a question, but I know that you're not going to Oh, my God. <laughs> More finals. <laughs> Off the top of head, boys. How many grand finals has it been? Go on. You may ask your question. Can I borrow $1,500 to bet on them? <laughs> no, I'm just, um, <clears throat> I'm just curious if there is anyone that played in that TAC Cup team that ended up actually making the AFL team when they first joined the competition. Probably Charlie Dixon. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Chris, you're the guy McKenna of this podcast. (laughs) So, in July of 2009, we're just gonna we're gonna push through this one. July of 2009, they also guys. When was that? (laughs) So they announced a signing that I think we all know is probably one of the most fascinating things you could say the Gold Coast creation, you know, like event that became of it. They signed. An NRL player by the name of Carmichael Hunt. Yes. <laughs> Who we now know, look, history shows him to have become a loose unit. But this at the time, he was playing for the Brisbane Broncos at the time. He signed with them on the provision that he could finish his rugby obligations. So I think he was also signed to a French team that he had to play a season for, as well as finishing his obligations for World Cup and the Broncos. But this was this was a big. I remember this. I remember this being a big deal, because he was one of the first sort of major cross code players. Let's just be glad that they didn't sign Israel Folau. Exactly. One of them's K Hunt. The other one was a cunt. Yeah. Yeah, that was a good joke. Sorry, everyone. I'm going to edit some laughter in there. <laughs> I do also remember this this being a huge deal because he was quite a well-known name in the NRL. It's not like he was just some yeah. random that they picked up. He was a good NRL player. Um, and then it also started, obviously, Izzy followed on after that with GWS. And then there was talk that Essendon were going to get Greg Inglis. And it opened up this world where everyone was like, what the hell is happening? Yeah, no, nah, Essendon were busy with something around a few years later. So. <laughs> Distractions. <laughs> Wouldn't be a problem, yeah. Just, you know, it just didn't happen. People get busy. Yeah. You know how it is. I know how it is. So, look, that that would come to fruition later on when they finally did join the AFL. But 
it was like it was weird to me as well that they had locked him down so early in like they hadn't even played an AFL game yet. It was purely a marketing stunt. Who, who was which team was formed um like prior to Gold Coast? What was the most recent one prior to Gold Coast? Been Port Adelaide? Port or Freo? Well, one I of think them? It would have been Port. How old were you guys when that happened? Uh when when did Port come in? It was the was it the late nineties? Was it ninety eight? So it would have been like, you know, between like seven and ten, around yeah. that range. So Gold Coast coming about was the first club sort of as we developed into quote unquote adults and we're getting really into footy. And I remember thinking that everything about this felt very gimmicky. Like they were obviously trying to get members in and to do that, you need to be a little bit outside think outside the box, do a little bit of something a bit fun. But yeah, just like the 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 ridiculous signings that they went for, rugby players, like the whole thing, and, and all the Dimitri back and forth and stuff like that. I remember getting real sick of it. It just felt like I'm like, this doesn't feel real. I agree. At the time, I remember it feeling really gimmicky, and I think that is what pushed a lot of people away from them. Is that they went too far with it, where mm. it wasn't it wasn't stuff that made you excited. Instead, it it made you just kind of like it. It was just, it was very Gold Coast. It's very gimmicky. It was very AFLX energy. Yes. Yes. Good way to describe it. Mm. So I'm just looking at the chronology of formed teams. It looks like the last team before that in 1996 was actually the Brisbane Lions. Oh, that doesn't count because it was, that was that the, doesn't count. That the was merge. Just the, the murder from old club. Yeah. Yeah. It was just the killing of two yeah. clubs. <laughs> to make one mega. A real Falconstein. Uh, and before that was, yeah, if you will. <laughs> And before that was Fremantle in 1995. Sorry, just just I just missed the joke there. Fitzroy Steen, guys. Fitzroy Steen, you're welcome. <laughs> and Adelaide Crows in 1990. No, Port Adelaide, Clarky. There's two Adelaide teams. Adelaide, Adelaide's been around for ages. If you want to learn more about Adelaide, Clarky, <laughs> you should go back and listen to one of our episodes uh, that we did with Baron von Crow. You can find that on Spotify and iTunes, but we talk about the history of the mighty Adelaide Crows. Some call them the Camry Crows. <laughs> this list here says 1990, September 12th. Really? Interesting. Yeah, I'm looking at it right here. Um, so, look, <laughs> move on for that. I think the, the Gold Coast campaign probably felt really gimmicky because it was the 2000s, right? And they, they needed that push because in order to be accepted by the league, they needed to meet certain member requirements. They needed to reach certain sponsorship requirements, which they did meet shortly around the time they started joining the TAC Cup and the um, the VFL League the next year. I think that's probably why it felt that way, as, as well as the fact that it felt it was the first time that it wasn't caused by something else. This was creation of a new club, that wasn't about combining two other clubs or splitting splitting other clubs. And I think the Crows Port would have probably been the last one and Frio West Coast would have been another one. It wasn't quite the same in that it was creating a brand new team to the competition. I think the AFL got a little bit excited because obviously Queensland footy, like well, Brisbane footy was still hot property back then because they had just come up with 3P and it was still, you know, people were still riding that high. But to pick the Gold Coast as a place another team was so fucking dumb. And that was the, the well, where would you have put your team? Well, that was the argument at the time was everyone thought it should have been either Tassie or Northern Territory, and they cho- instead they chose Gold Coast and GWS over two cups of coffee. Mm. Yeah, how much money was in that coffee? So, <laughs> yeah. To answer your question, yeah. I probably at the time would have gone Tassie. Yeah, 
Yeah, Tassie felt like feels like undeveloped country. Doesn't yeah, it? Um, and we've I had mean, like just as people. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and we, we've had quite a few like good footballers come from there. Iconic footballers like Jackery, well, Matthew Richardson. There's been a few others, but they're ours now. They're in the mainland now. Yeah. So in 2010, Gold Coast were given access to a dozen 17-year-old draftees. So I just picked out a few names that flagged to me as would go on to be good players or relatively okay careers. Maverick Weller. Wait, can you tell me if you count these players as good or relatively okay? They're a mixture of both. (laughs) Maverick Weller definitely had a career. I don't remember him and I haven't followed. He went on to play for St. Kilda, which was where he did a bulk of his career and was okay. I I don't follow St. Kilda enough to really say. Brandon Matera, Trent McKenzie, and future Gold Coast great, David Swallow. Okay, David Swallow's all right, but all the other players, I'm just like, yeah, Supercoach traps. That's, that's, that's how I know them. You pick them up one point, it's like, yeah, nah, Trent McKenzie's going to be okay. He can kick the ball 800 metres. Trent McKenzie's still playing. Good for him. Plays for, <laughs> Port. Play for now. Yeah, Port, he plays yeah. for Port. I think he only, plays, yeah, he plays he only played a couple games last year, but yeah, he plays for Port. The, these players would be used to make up Gold Coast list to compete in the VFL. And they eventually ended that VFL season in 10th place. Not bad, not great. Probably what you expected from a Queensland club coming into a Victorian competition. Still not fantastic, though. Wait, just stop there. I'm going to edit this part out. Is somebody's smoke alarm beeping? Oh, it might be mine. Okay, cool. Oh, look, I'll edit it out. I was just like wondering what the fuck that was. Like, <laughs> it, here, I'm like, I know that beep. It'll stop. It's been doing it randomly. It only does it like twice a day. It's been doing it randomly last year. Yeah, I know. I don't have it. It We don't have a change. I'm not editing this part out. Yeah, I'm not going to edit that out. Cool. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck. (laughs) It's only happened like twice. It's happened three times in this recording. We do have a guest. Yeah. Smoke alarm. (laughs) This is a hot episode. (laughs) Do that much? Yeah. This is. This is great. So, 2010, they went in the VFL, finished 10th. 2011, this is the AFL year. They they finished 10th in the VFL, and, they just, and I love that the AFL just went, Good enough. You know what? You guys are ready. Just put them in. Doesn't matter. What's the worst that could happen? <laughs> just give them a shitload of drafting. Well, that's exactly what they did, Chris. So, they gave them access to sign 16 <laughs> off-contract players from other clubs. So the first signing was Adelaide defender Nathan Bock. What a terrible first signing. Like nothing against Nathan Bock, but that's that's very underwhelming that that's your first signing. Hey, Chris, for somebody who can't change the fucking battery, maybe sit the next few rounds out, eh? Yeah. <laughs> maybe don't go into bat for that one. Apologies to Nathan Bock. So he Bock. was the first. Yeah. That's what the episode's called, with apologies Nathan, to Nathan Bock's walking past your house. He has a handful of batteries in the podcast. Like, no. 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 <laughs> So, he was the first AFL signed player to sign with the Suns. So, some other names that they will pick up include uh, Jared Brennan, Campbell Brown, Josh Fraser, Jared Harbrow, Nathan Cracker, and Michael Ricciatelli. Prior to, to researching some stuff earlier today and reading some of those names, I always forget that Josh Fraser played for Gold Coast. And I also forgot that Jared Brennan was a person. He actually was a good player, but I forgot God, that he existed. Right. 
Well, well, well. With apologies to Nathan Locke and Jared Brennan. <laughs> Clarky, did you realize that Chris has been holding back when you have a guest on? Yeah, I realize now, painfully. I also, when you mentioned Supercoach Traps, that was Nathan Cracker as well. Nathan Cracker was a, a good player, but always caught me in Supercoach every year. Yep. Just like changing the battery on the smoke alarm gets you every time when you least suspect Beep. it. <laughs> so, even with those names, Chris, I'm hearing what you're saying. The Suns needed some star power. They needed a name to tie to a franchise. They needed somebody who may or may not have put their head through the shino ball. But who did they get? They need a man- Tell me, Clarky. Don't leave me hanging. They need a man who is willing to accept $10 million <laughs> for five seasons. Brave soul. For a five-year five deal. What a brave, brave man. And Gary Ablett Jr., in like this, and the massive, massive news, they were courting him, and they they got him with a sackload of cash, and he would go on to become their first captain. Well, I remember when this happened, and it was huge news. Um, he'd obviously won the Brownlow in two thousand nine. Um, had won, had just won a flag with Geelong, I think, as well in two thousand. Was it ten or nine? Can't remember. Um, <laughs> sorry, I just turned the smoke on. <laughs> Jesse is dead inside thinking about See, the, the edit. No, no, no I can't edit this out now because Chris is like talking like about it. So I'm not going to. Everyone's just heard that Chris can't change a fucking smoke along. Um, this podcast is unsafe. <laughs> it's a battery, Chris. As I was saying, this was huge news at the time. And I can't remember if it was Gold Coast or JWS, but one of them was also um, going after Scott Pendlebury. I can't remember which one it was, but he he denied it. I have a feeling it might have been GWS. That, yeah, I think it was GWS. But like, I think it was GWS. For those who may not know, you know, may not have followed football back when Gold Coast inceptional, or maybe a bit too young. Which player would you kind of compare it to jumping to a new club? So, say Tasmania formed tomorrow, the Tassie Club. What would be the equivalent player jumping over now? I'd probably say Bont. Yeah, mm. Bont or or even like a Petrarca. Pretty. Yeah, any any flagship player, yeah. really, like Christian Petrarca moving to Tasmania. A real, a real Nick Martin. Sorry, you guys got <laughs> one for your team. I want one. I'd say Zach Merritt. Yeah. Like, there, there's be, there's one for every team, but I mean, at the time, Gary, Gary Ablett was kind of, I don't know if you'd say he was hitting his peak at that point, but he was a hell of a player. Football Jesus, yeah. Chris. Um, so that's where I'd probably compare him to Bont is that like Bont is in that conversation for the, probably the last couple of years. And at the moment of being around that kind of best player in the league, um, I'd even say- As well you, as his his loyalty. Yeah. If you, if you were to go back- his Geelong loyalty. Maybe like four or five years, then it would be like Dustin Martin leaving Richmond four or five years ago. I think, it, yeah, it'd probably be equivalent as well to like a Max Gorn in terms of that loyalty, right? Because Gary Ablett was the face of Geelong, really. Like, just based on purely being the best in the competition. And even, and I mean, just his family ties as well. I mean, his dad was one of the best players and Nathan. for the club. <laughs> I, I did not remember, I did not know this happened until earlier today, that Gold Coast actually drafted Nathan Ablett as well. Yeah. I did not remember I, that happening. Really? No. no that, for some, I remember that really well because I felt really, really bad for the bloke. They took him in the rookie draft. everyone was comparing him to his brother and his dad. The true greatest people to ever play anything ever. Yeah. Also, the worst looking Ablet. Whoa! Whoa! <laughs> Jesus him. Christ! Got him. Let him leave him alone. Let the man do his plumbing. 
So they would go on to give the Suns nine of the first 15 picks in the draft. So not only did they get Nathan Hablett in a rookie draft, but they picked up Harley Bennell, Josh Caddy, Dion Prestia, Tom Lynch, and who people may know as just a footy media type person now, Daniel Gorringe. He was pick 11, wasn't he? One of the greats. <laughs> One of the greats. I'm pretty sure he was pick 11. Doesn't he have a Guy McKenna tattoo on his ass now? No, it's a Stewie Jew one. Stewie Jew, sorry. Yeah, Stewie Jew. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Friend of the show. So it's it's wild to think how many of these players just moved on. Seeing them be drafted into those teams and then not still being with the club. You look at like a, a Dion Prestia who yeah. was at the club for what, maybe four, five years and then went on to win three premierships with Richmond's. And, and I know he's had his injury issues, but has had a very decorated career since he moved on. David Swallow is probably the only one that's really hung around. So many players have been ripped out of that club. Like obviously very, very good players have been ripped out of that club. But at the same time, they've dropped or just let go of so many good players. Remember Jared Lyons? They just like delisted him. Yeah. Brisbane picked him up, you know, a week later, and he was he was good in my yeah. Supercoach draft league. Um, <laughs> same with like like Peter Wright. They weren't giving him a game. He came in with Essendon and he kicked like what fifty four goals in his first season with us, whatever it was. There's been a lot of questionable uh, list management decisions over the years and draft decisions as well. What do you mean uh, the, Andrew, was the Andrew Brayshaw one? What was the Andrew? Oh, was that they traded pick two to Freo for Lockie Weller, wasn't it? That's the one. And uh, yeah. Freo picked up uh, <laughs> Brayshaw. And then, of course, you yeah. got the Jack Bowes pick seven <clears throat> bullshit. Well, that's the issue is those list management kind of decisions from those legacy ones from previous management has screwed the club in the long term where they've had to make decisions like that to do salary dumps so that they could keep players like Noah Anderson and Matt Rowell and Took Miller, who are the future of the club. Oh, but yeah. those terrible decisions from over the, probably like six, seven, eight years ago have just it's screwed them in the long term. Do you think they were given too much at their inception yep. to to really build something? They gave them all the pieces and went, oh, yeah, you can make something out of this. But really, it was a bunch of – it's like in Tetris, right, where you get nothing but like T pieces and you're like, how the fuck am I meant to make this fit together? <laughs> yeah, no, it's exactly like that. Um <laughs> Such a <laughs> <laughs> I always, I, I think that everyone naturally compared Gold Coast and GWS at the time because they came in so close to each other and they had similar yeah. kind of concessions. And you look at what Gold Coast did with their concessions and what GWS did with their concessions. If GWS had a better coach, they probably would have won a premiership because they had the best list in the league around 2019 period. Uh, whereas Gold Coast have just never looked like a good list that could get anywhere. And yeah, I, I feel like they were given too much and they didn't use it to the best of their abilities. I, they didn't know what to do with it. It was almost like, you know, you know when you get your first paycheck when you get a job and you sort of like, I have money. What what do I yeah. do with it now? Like, what do I, what dump do I buy? That's what it felt like. They just went for players and there was no thought about structure or how, how, does, this, how does this develop? Do we have players... Who will be for the, with the club for you know, five years, but teach them the younger players, and that's what GWS had a chance to do, and I think that's a, that's what Tazzy have a chance to do even better. They'll learn from past mistakes. So, I think it, it look it is really easy to beat up on Gold Coast um, Inception and how they put the team together, and there were some massive glaring mistakes in there. 
but also there wasn't really a guide to go by. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. And that was probably the most apparent when they play their first game and they lose to Carlton by 119 points. Yikes. And this this wasn't so, even good Carlton. This was just like, eh, Carlton. Yeah. Well, this is, yeah, 2011, Carl- 2011 Carlton. So they would go on then to lose to Melbourne and the Bulldogs by 10 goals plus, so 60 points each. And then they would finally get their first win against Port. Yes. And only because... Only because Justin Westhoff missed the kick after the siren. Look, you can't boil it down to all that. Let's just port shit, uh, and they deserve to lose. So they finished 2011 with a record of three wins, 19 losses. And that's pretty much how they continue. <laughs> <laughs> like it's, there's, there's really... So I've summarised it in, in my notes here in the best way that I can, where they finishing the years in the same marks, but... They keep on having these talents that show through the list, but it felt like it was just this inability to make it work as a whole. So Harley Bennell had some of his best years at Gold Coast. Jaeger O'Meara became prominent through Gold Coast. Then they sacked Guy McKinnon. They're like, we're going to bring in Rodney Ead. And Rodney Ead ends up getting sacked midway to three quarters of the way through a season. There was nothing to reach any kind of sustained success. And then we get to what I like to call the the redemption eras. Yes. In in all of Gold Coast history, and that's the Stuart Dewey era. So Stuart Dewey comes in and his whole plan to make the Suns competitive and to build them up was to focus on bringing in young talent and working on it. Like a very classic rebuild. So... Over his time, he drafted like Isaac Ranking, Matt Rowell as two of probably the biggest names that come to mind. But you know, we've got the likes of Noah Andersons in there, Jack Lacosius. as well as Jack Lacosius. Great others. And <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm a big fan of Will Powell. He he did look good. Will Powell is very good. Season. Comparatively, they stabilized a bit under Stewie Dew until last year, where they thought. You know, from 20, 2018 to 2023, I understand it's five seasons, right? Five years. And yeah, they wanted they want more success, but I think they probably, impatience, I think probably got the better of them by having such a bad 2023. And they obviously sacked Stewie in the middle of the 2023 season. I don't know. I think he deserved better. I think comparatively going through this history, it made me really think that, well, shit, like, yeah, they're not, they're not fantastic, right? And they, they wanted to be playing finals and all that kind of thing. But these things take time and the increase was so significant compared to those three win, four win, five win seasons. I it's taken me a while to, to kind of you know, wrap my thoughts around what happened um with Stewie and um uh fuck what the who's coming in now? Damien Hardwick. Damien Hardwick. <laughs> you know, one of the greatest characters of all time, just for his name. Um <laughs> The opportunity to get him was there, and I think Dewey is a fantastic development coach. From what I've heard, he got kind of like kind of like this podcast itself. He ran a lot of things just on the vibes. He was just like a good dude to be around, apparently. But I don't think he was a premiership coach. I think he kind of got them as far as he could. And if you look on an individual level, you're like, you want the best for him. He's a really good dude. But if you look at it from the club level, I think the decision had to be made. Maybe not last year, but in the next like two years. But the opportunity to get dimmer was there. So you have to take it. 
I agree. I um watching the the Amazon series making their mark. Um, Stewardry was one of the the people who was followed in that, and watching that was where I was kind of like. I love Juju. Like that was where I watched it and I was like, okay, he's a good dude. But you also watched it and you're like, there's a limit. Like he just there's didn't no have that. Like Dimmer was another coach who was also following that. And there was just a different, I don't want to say aura, but a different vibe about them that Dimmer gave off. I know what I'm doing. I'm confident in what I'm doing. Juju was like your best mate who kind of at times thought that he was going a bit better than what he probably should be. Um, and it, I watching that, I was like, I love this guy. I want, I want him to just be happy. But you also watch it, and you're like, there's a limit as to what he can do with this team. I think the problem came down to the way that it was handled. Right, it felt very unceremonious. And well, they'd publicly backed him like two weeks prior. Yeah, exactly. Well, it's the um, what was the one before? Who was the one before Ross Lyon? Yeah, right? Jimmy, why is Jimmy two for one? Why, I can see him. Brett Ratton. Brett <laughs> Ratton. Brett Ratton. It was a Brett Ratton treatment. Well, he'd signed an extension, and, what was it, three months before and then got sacked three months later. Yeah. So I I don't like that because there's a level of not like direct public humiliation, but it's a bit shit to be like, oh, well, yeah, I've got this. I've got till the end of the year. I'm going to do what I can. You know, maybe I can get an extension that kind of thing and just go, nah, we'll know we're back. We're back, Stewie. We're back, Stewie. And then, whoa, I'd see you, mate. <laughs> this is it. A bridge too far. In two weeks? You've got to make the decision yeah. in your football club. Yeah. It sucks, it, but- it wasn't It wasn't handled in the best way, but I agree with Jesse that when the opportunity was there to get such a big name, it, you had to take it. Yeah, okay. But how, how long does Dimmer get? Four flags. Like four years. <laughs> I think he he yeah. obviously gets a longer grace period given his record. Um, if it was a new coach coming in who was unexperienced, then I think that it's probably they've probably got one maybe two years in them to to find some sort of improvement. Whereas Dimmer probably has a good at least three or four. If they're not moving at all after three seasons, then there'll probably be some sort of there'll be the pressure coming from the media. So Stuart, do you? became everybody's football dad. Like you pointed out, Chris, he had this vibe in that Making the Mark documentary that really enamored the AFL community to him. And I think it's probably a good time to transition into Gold Coast vibes. Jesse, take a very good segue that. Even on the second take. Thank you. The very good segue. Yeah. (laughs) Now, while some of the coaches and some of the players have fantastic vibes, the club as a whole, at the moment, they don't really have any? I've done hours of research. I've gone to the depths of hell, Big Footy. And even there, <laughs> I couldn't find anything. I mean, song. It was written by uh, a young fella named Roscoe Elliott. However, I can't really speak about it too much because the place where I found the most information was it was an interview um, that he did on another podcast called The Footy with Broden Kelly, which I highly recommend you go listen to that. Go check out that interview. It's fascinating. Basically, this guy saw that the AFL had another license for another team. He wrote the song, recorded vocals, the amazing horn section that everyone knows from those rare times that Gold Coast kicks a goal. He wrote it all before the team even had a name. And then he went on the AFL website, sent it to every email address he could find, and waited to hear something back. Eventually, he, he they did get back to him. They wanted him to, quote, donate the song 
So no money. Just give the song the goodness of your heart. This guy spent like two grand mixing it, recording it, blah, blah, blah. Um, so I won't give away too much there, but please go go listen to that. I, other than that, I mean, the only little note I have about the song is for years, I thought the lyric was, we are the sons of the Gold Coast sun, which I thought was a so really bad line. It's the Gold Coast sky. I would just like to say that I hated this However, it's grown on me in recent times to be an absolute banger because it's fun to sing. I I agree. I think this is the most fun songs to sing. And I think, like you said, like Gold Coast as a whole, I'm really kind of warming up to them, including their song. I disagree about the song. I think it's Chris. Yeah, you disagree about a lot. You can't change a fucking smoke alarm, you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> I, I hate this song. Oh, Chris doesn't like a good football song. Oh, what is The surprise. only good part about it is the horns. The rest of the song is shit. Chris, for you, what makes a good football song? We've been through We've this. this before, Richmond Jesse, don't is do it to us again. a top tier football song. Well, like, what about it? Is it just like you can you can remember the lyrics? Your brain that can't change a fucking smoke alarm can remember the little the little it's tune. It's catchy. It gets people involved. They they you get to do the little yellow and black. Look, COVID's catchy as well. It doesn't mean it's great. Okay, just calm down. I know. Look. I think I've got it at the moment. <laughs> yeah, no, maybe. maybe. <laughs> no wonder you have no fucking taste. Let's move on to the. <laughs> got him. Um, moving on to the the, the logo. Uh, not even the logo. The logo's just been sons. Great stuff, team. Great stuff. The the <laughs> mascot as well. He was in Mascot Manor. Of course he was. Uh, his name's Sonny Ray. Uh, he's just a big fella with with a visor. He looks like a uh, an accountant from uh, Wolf of Wall Street. Again, going back to cocaine. Uh, and in 2018, <laughs> the Suns introduced uh, a new mascot named Sky. Just another person. Just like a, a woman. No, cool. Uh, crowd slash famous supporters. We've got Mick Fanning, who, who's gone surfing with Took Miller. What a, what a time that would be. Yeah. Um, and we have um, Tom from the footy with Broden Kelly. That's as far as the list goes. <laughs> I did find a picture of Snoop Dogg wearing a son's Guernsey, but he was high. So he may not have, it may not have been like, you know, may have been against his will. That's all I've got for vibes. The players seem cool, but they're going to need 10 more years so they have some history. I think you're forgetting uh, recent Western Bulldogs number one draft, first round draft pick, Riley Sanders, was a Gold Coast supporter growing up, even though he lived in Tasmania. None of it makes any sense. I mean, I was going to mock you and say, yeah, Chris, I could name every person in the public who goes for Gold Coast. However, I probably could. I think you just named them. <laughs> like 12? <laughs> I'm sure a lot of the players' parents, like mums and stuff, go through them. <laughs> To be fair, if you do Google famous Gold Coast Sun supporters, Snoop Dogg is the first person. <laughs> so, so I think we have no, to. No, I'm not them giving them that. So I've see as somebody who's done a through to G of these uh, team focused episodes, I've learned that a lot of places will say, "Hey, this famous person put on a, a Guernsey once; they must go for that team." Doesn't work like that because he has some celebrities who legitimately go. Um, Go for teams like um, Hemsworth goes for the doggies. Like that's a legit mm. fandom there. I'm not just going to give it to a club, uh, sorry, to a celebrity who put it on the Guernsey, except for ABBA wearing Carlton Guernseys because one of the members of ABBA, I believe it could have been the B, 
wore it in a film clip that they did like five years yeah. later. I think she just thought it was a cool jumper. So, there you go. That, I do have, there are rules, despite it being a bit of a shorter vibe section, there are rules and standards that I abide <laughs> by, okay? And, Didn't you say Shaq for one? <laughs> yes, I did. He's a very big man. Okay. Was it was was he was he for your was he Essendon? No, Fremantle. Is that Fremantle? The Shaqtacular. So so Shaq counts but Snoop yeah. doesn't. Clarky, how about you focus on your section and I'll focus on my section, sir, okay? I'm just I'm just asking hey, the question. I just wanna you know, say We're just about the vibes here, buddy. I, I just wanna <laughs> say when it comes yeah. to vibes Redacted. When I think of Gold Coast, I just think of like I was gonna say some, but <laughs> Chris, Chris, man, I think you should take that COVID test. I think of like I think the like a uh, a blonde person with with bathers. <laughs> Isn't Clocky? I'm worried about Chris. I think he's the. I'm worried. About I think Chris. between the COVID, the recording, the podcast, and that fucking fire alarm going on, this is like one of those like Russian sleep tests. You're gonna become Chris. You are living your own creepy pasta right now. Okay. I am I gonna regret throwing to Chris for his segment coming up? But I do have one more thing to say about the vibe. Go, go, go for Chris. Just cackles himself to sleep. I fucking goblin. I would say as a as a supporter for the Suns. So I don't directly go for them, but I enjoy watching Gold Coast more yeah. recently because as a team, I think their vibe comes a little bit more from they they have the ability to be a scrappy underdog in a way that's not arrogant, in a way that's kind of, if they win, you don't go, oh, oh I can't believe Gold Coast when you're like, good for them. This is one of their like six wins. <laughs> there, there, there are some teams that, turn it on in a way where they can play like a quarter, which is just like, okay, this is how football should be. GWS can do it. Doggies can do it. Um, Sydney, Port Adelaide, they just have these moments of like blinding brilliance. And Gold Coast have started doing that. They won't play at a full game, which they do need to work on, but there'll be a quarter and you watch them play and it has like, there's like a youthful exuberance to it. God, I'm fucking old. But they play with some flair and some excitement. I'm really hoping that Dimmikin... Those damn kids. kids Dimmikin kind of get that out of them a bit more because they're they're an exciting team to watch. I would go to a Gold Coast game to watch them play now. There is one game in particular from 2023 that I think exemplifies a great vibes performance. And there was their games in the Northern Territory from yes. 2023. Yeah, they beat us and then they beat Adelaide the week after. Yes. Yeah. Um, did they, they came from behind to beat you guys. Yeah, first, they did. I believe. Which is a pretty because I remember going ah now doggies have got this one just gonna just gonna move on I think I flicked to a, another game and I came back at three quarter time like whoa 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 hang on a second put your back put your back now I'm pretty sure that game was like the start of our downfall last season as well we were on a real run and we were really going under the radar and then we lost that one and just turned to ship the rest of the season yeah well speaking of good Suns moments Chris you have a they haven't done any flags, so you've got a cavalcade of moments for us. Yes. Now, at, at this point in the podcast, we would usually take a, a trip down memory lane and talk about the good times, the premierships. <laughs> Unfortunately, Gold Coast yet to win a premiership or even make a final series. A, they won a final. We talked about it before. <laughs> the TAC Cup final. TAC Cup, it counts. Uh, so we're going to look at some of the most memorable moments throughout the club's history. Now, 
Uh, we've already spoken about the the first AFL match earlier in the episode, so we won't cover that. Instead, we're going to kick off with the first AFL win, which Clarkie did touch on slightly. Um, surprisingly, didn't take too long to come about the first win. Um, looking back, for me, my memories when I was thinking of Gold Coast's first season was that they were an absolute rabble. They were horrendous. When I was looking back at it earlier today, their debut season wasn't near as bad as what I remembered it to be. Um, and they only had to wait until round five. They actually had the buy in round one, which was odd. Um, what? They, 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 yeah, they had the buy in round one, and then they played their first game in round two against Carlton. Yeah, the original round zero. Yeah. Um. So they only had to wait until round five against Port Adelaide in Adelaide, in which, despite being down by forty points in the third quarter, uh, the Suns stormed home to win an absolute thriller by just three points. Yes. Record their first ever AFL dub, as Clarkie mentioned earlier. Justin Westhoff missed a kick after the siren to win it for Port. Uh, in that game, Brandon Matera kicked four, while Michael Rishkatali and Gary Blit Jr. had 31 and 26 disposals, respectively. Uh, only two weeks later in round seven was the first Q clash. Big memorable moment. Gold Coast Brisbane played off first ever Q clash, which also resulted in the Suns' second ever AFL win. Yes. And a true rivalry was born. <laughs> so, the Jared after, Lion Cup. After round seven, they were sitting at two wins and four losses because they had to buy in round one, which isn't that bad of a start. Unfortunately, they then went on to only have one more win for the season. However, three wins in their debut season is probably more than any of us actually expected from them at the time. Oh, yeah. Everyone expected them to be an absolute rabble. Um especially considering how bad they looked in some of those games. One of those games to mention came one week earlier in round six in between those two wins against Essendon. Now, Gold Coast were on the receiving end of an absolute demolition job with a final margin of 139 points. Now, at quarter time, at quarter time... The scoreline was Gold Coast, zero goals, one behind, one, to Essendon, 15 goals, four, 94 at quarter time. I remember I was at a friend's place. It was a Sunday. And I was at a friend's place in the afternoon. We were having a few drinks. And by a few drinks, I mean we were binge drinking because we're Australian. <laughs> and I was watching the, f- the footy on my phone. And I was just fully erect. It was the greatest... <laughs> Sorry, it was the worst football. It's a shame you couldn't get the rabbit ears working. <laughs> but I, I, I remember um, watching it and it was the most boring, ridiculously bad game of football. But I was so, so excited because it meant nothing. After the first like 10 goals were kicked in about seven minutes, it meant nothing. It was it was a training drill. The all, the crowd wasn't even that excited. It got excited at the end to see if it was going to be a record. Yeah, that's about it. That's my memory of it. Is I was watched, basically kept watching it, thinking, "Oh, this is going to be some sort of record." Can Essendon break two hundred points? I think they finished on one hundred ninety four from yeah, memory. We just missed it. Yeah, yeah. I think that's the coward's way out, really. Yeah. Well, um, fa- just Essendon failing to perform and again. For it ever since. <laughs> well, just on that game, Essendon legend Kyle Reimers kicked eight goals. Were we on drugs in that game? <laughs> <laughs> Ask Carl Reimers. He'll know. 
He went in. Carl Reimers would fucking tell you about it as well. Carl <laughs> uh, Reimers kicked eight. Stuart Cramery and Angus Momfries kicked four each, while Job Watson had 35 touches leading the way. We're going to flash forward to 2012, which did not start anywhere near as positively as what their debut season did. Uh, with the Suns, they went on to lose the first 14 games of the season. So they were 14-0 and 0 at this point. However, in round 16, they recorded what is arguably the most memorable win in the club's history. And one that I personally think of whenever I think of Gold Coast. Um, Kazali Stadium in Cairns against Richmond. Gold Coast were trailing by four points when the final siren went. And in steps the most unlikely player to deliver that elusive win, former NRL player Carmichael Hunt. Yes. He kicked what was his second goal of the game in a career that only score six goals kicked <laughs> and lived out the fairy tale of delivering a two-point win after the siren to the Suns. Jesse, Clarkie, we kind of touched on this earlier. What are your memories of the Carmichael Hunt AFL experiment? One of the funniest things to ever happen on a football field. Because I'm pretty sure that Richmond sold the rights to that game. That was a like a Richmond home game or something like that, and they sold yeah, the rights to so the sure. whole thing with it. Because they did yeah. it a few years later, and they lost again. <laughs> so it was like, there's a curse there, which I'm a big fan of. The Carmichael kick was also a really good kick. Like, it was just a proper good form. He was like 45 meters out. He was on a bit of quite a bit of an angle as well. It, it was a good goal. And it's just like you watch, it's like this is not just a fairy tale for the players and the coaches and for Carmichael, but their marketing teams and the AFL, when they first got Carmichael and they kind of forced him into the club as a bit of a marketing stunt, they couldn't have dreamed of that moment happening, but also probably expected it to be a lot better for the club in terms of like marketing and memberships because everyone's like, wow, that was cool. Anyway, and they moved on with their lives. <laughs> I feel like that one moment forgives any bad moment that he would go on to have in the Gold Coast in the Gold Coast Suns playing career because it's it's a fairy tale moment. Like it's still you can watch it now and you can be like, oh, I that's good. I regard football. him as a Gold Coast Sun great team of the century. Okay, <laughs> just because that moment. That was Carmichael Hunt's Tom Boyd 2016 Grand Final moment. No, no, no. Tom Boyd's goal. Was his Carmichael Hunt man, okay? <laughs> Show some yeah. fucking respect to the big fella. <laughs> uh, a few other memorable moments in the club's history that I did want to quickly touch on. An individual honour, but still a huge moment for the club. 2013, Gary Ablett Jr. won his second Brownlow medal. Hey. It was his first as a Gold Coast player. What was incredible about this Brownlow for me is that the club only won eight games for the season. Uh, and in those losses, they suffered multiple 40-plus point losses, but he was still able to pip Joel Selwood in the last round when they beat w uh, GWS uh, to the AFL's highest individual honour and capture his second Brown, though. He then almost backed it up the year after in 2014. Now, I mentioned this in, I think it was last week's episode when we were talking about um, Gary Ablett and Geelong. 2014 was the year that he, up until round 16, was having a career peak year. He was dominating, and then he did his shoulder. Despite doing his shoulder in round 16, he still finished third in the Brownlow that year, which is nuts. 
it's just you, you gotta want it sometimes really <laughs> that's all i'll say sometimes you just gotta want it <laughs> um in september 2017 another big moment for the club the club successfully obtained an aflw license Hey. allowing them to join the competition for hey. the 2020 season. Uh, they then went on to play their first AFLW game in Feb of 2020, going down to GWS by one point. And jumping forward to more recent times, there was a very big announcement made in August of 2023, and that is that three-time premiership coach Damien Hardwick will be taking over as head coach at the Suns for the upcoming 2024 season. Um, for me, and be good to get your thoughts on this as well, I know that kind of people have their thoughts about Dimmer personally um, and kind of how his time at Richmond came to an end and he said he was burnt out and then a few months later accepted the role at Gold Coast and stuff like that. That makes me like I think him it's, more. <laughs> I think it's not only a hell of an appointment, obviously, because he's he's a fantastic coach and his record speaks for itself, but I just I think it was what the club needed. They needed to show some sort of intent and not just – oh, yeah, we're going for someone who's been an okay coach. We're going for an experienced person. They went for the best. And that was what they needed to do, to to not just get the supporters on board and to to let the rest of the league know, hey, we're serious about this, but to also try and retain players. That's been their big issue in the past is retaining players. I think that's the biggest the biggest thing that's going to come from yeah. this. They're going to retain players, and not just that, they're going to bring players. Who wouldn't want to play under Demo? Yeah, 100%. They'll get players um, in. And he's got... Like they, we spoke about kind of their their list management issues from the previous management. I feel like he's got a good young list at his disposal. Matt Rowell, Noah Anderson, Took Miller, Sam Flanders took a, a step up last year. Um, Jack Lacosius, you've you've got kind of the nucleus of a good young team there, um, and I think that he's the person who can bring it out. Can I just go on a bit of a deviation here? You mentioned Matt Rowell. Yes. Now, in my research today, I, I brought some stuff up. Matt Rowell, if you're listening, I want you to listen to this very carefully, okay? Even beyond giving our guts grief, eating grass can also damage your teeth. Grass is relatively rich in silica, which is abrasive and can quickly wear down teeth. So in sum, you can eat grass if you want, but it will most likely result in an upset stomach, bad teeth, and eventually malnutrition. Matthew Rowell, please, we love you. We want you to be safe. We want you to come home. Stop eating grass, please. Been a health warning. A falcon health um, warning. The more you know. It's just a little bit. At every ground. It's after the little bit. Okay. <laughs> I just I don't even think does he eat it? Does he actually he eat it? it? He he noms it like a cow. Yeah. Yeah, but he couldn't spit no, it out. I don't think he spits it out. I'm pretty sure he swallows it. Spit as a quit spit as a quitter than Matt <laughs> Rowe ain't no quitter. <laughs> I could see this being an episode of My Strange Addiction in like fifteen years' time. Um, like you've got the woman who eats her husband's ashes and the woman who eats toilet paper and then there's Matt Rowell, the football player who eats grass. One day he's going to go on Twitter and see an ass. He's going to see an ass eating a meme. And he's like, oh, fuck, I really misinterpreted that, didn't I? <laughs> <laughs> now, moving on from memorable moments, <laughs> I'll throw over to Clarky for our final segment of this episode. The Falkenstein. Boys, my friends, quick game's a good game. Let's play a Falkenstein. Listeners, if you have not heard this section before, it's fast, it's, it's loose. The rules are set in, like, I don't know, some kind of custard, <laughs> so easily deformed and wiped away. But we are going to build the ultimate Gold Coast player. Now, 
we break it down into sections. So we've got the head, which is embodied by the vibes and hair. We've got the body, which embodies the tackles and strength. We've got the arms, which embody marks and handball skills. The legs, which embody kicking and running skills. And then we have a modifier, a special ability that really is unique to that player. Now, we discussed this before the episode about the best way to do this, because as you can tell, we're not Gold Coast aficionados. I'm getting there after my big Wikipedia (laughs) troll, and I don't know about you guys. I know a lot more about Gold Coast than I thought I did. So we want to use as many modern players as we can to keep the list fresh, because we also feel like the more recent version of Gold Coast is the best version. And it's the version they need going forward. I mean... Look, if, if we're picking old players, it would just be Gary Ablett with Nathan Ablett's hair. I'll look at Nathan Ablett before you keep smearing the poor fella. Give me one second. <laughs> I didn't smear him. I smeared him once. <laughs> A single smear. <laughs> yeah, nah, fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> oh, look, I didn't say he was, like, ugly. I just said he was the worst-looking Ablett. Uh, Gary used to have some great hair, but anyway, I digress. <laughs> so, gentlemen, shall we start with the hair and vibes of the Gold Coast Suns? I want to hear a player from each of you. There's a player. I-, I think we've got, you know, facial structures, hair, but I want to be a player play just with a little cheeky smile. That smile that Matt Rao gives his notebook in, in that classic photo that went around, you sort of pinch his little grass-eating cheeks. So, and Matt Rowe, I think, has some immaculate vibes. He owns, like, 75 footballs, as he said in an interview once. He's a bit insane like that. Other than that, there's not... Alex Sexton's moustache. Touché. That is a good... That is the moustache that kicks six goals every... You know, in one game every year. <laughs> one great game? <laughs> that one That one good. That one good one. Now... Oh, wait, we're only doing current plays, aren't we? Current place, but also like, are we trying to get like a good Gold Coast vibe as well? You need to embody the city because I'm thinking Lockie yeah. Weller's head with Alex Sexton's moustache because Lockie Weller has the surfer hair and Alex Sexton has a cocaine yeah. dealer's moustache, and that's a real Gold Coast schooly sort of thing. I like Always. that. I agree. I agree. I would also just like to throw in the ring as well. Alex Davies has a nice, a nice little middle part. Like it's not, it's long, but it's not too long kind of vibe like i could see that rocking up to the car park at the beach 6 a.m just some ready bloody to go. ned moyle that's some along here also hey gold coast i know you just recruited a bunch of new players and good on you for it but you've had them long enough to take fucking photos of them and put them on your website yeah <laughs> yeah uh there's not a picture for will uh will graham isn't he from hannibal <laughs> no He's from the Gold All Coast right. Suns. Right. I think that a, a good one, if he wasn't traded in the last trade period, would have been Marby or Chole. Oh, great haircut. Yeah. Well, great hairstyle. I wouldn't necessarily put it all I reckon, down. Are we cut, happy with Lockie Weller's hair and Alex Sexton? Oh, Lockie yeah, Weller's like surfer that. hair, Alex Sexton's yeah. uh, cocaine moustache. Okay, I've just looked at a picture of Will Graham. His hair would probably go into the pile, but I think for the sake of brevity, let's yes, go with that. Excellent. Now we're going to onto that that mod. I think there's a, there's a very obvious one here. Yeah, yeah. We think about the same thing on on three, Chris. Oh, actually, let's not do that because our timing's always out. <laughs> <laughs> one, two, one, three, two. Took Miller. Took Miller. Yeah, Fuck it has delay. to be. <laughs> yeah, Took Miller. He's built like a yeah. god. 
Is he is he body or is he arms? Because he's got both. A lot, most of the players on this list do. Um, I think <laughs> both, both. Yeah. I, I'm getting okay. with Tuke Miller's body because I, I have a player in mind for arms. Okay, I'll accept that. Yeah, it has to be Tuke. Has yeah. to be Tuke Miller. Easy. This is the first play we've had I'm with a 16 pack. Going back to hair, you could have had Noah Anderson for hair as well. No. Do you like Chris? We moved on. Sorry. Noah Anderson. For- I'm looking at a picture of him now. He looks like he's like um just woken up from the Matrix. What do you mean? No, he's got longer hair. In the photo I'm looking at, he's got the buzz cut. Got there. <laughs> he's got the, the, the number one all around. All right, now we're going to move all on. Right, moving on. To the, to the arms, to the guns, handballs, marks. Who are we thinking? Jared Witts. Because it's funny to put long arms on a small body. I have a player, but I'd rather put him for kicking and running, so I'll wait. You can say who it is. No, I want to leave it for kicking. Oh, shit. <laughs> um, who's that Gold Coast um, defender who's just really coming to his own? Will Powell? No, there was another one. and um, It's not Sam Flanders. Gold Coast have some more players that I know. Sam Day? Am I thinking of Sam Day? Sam Day's Hasn't Sam good. Day been around since like they Ben Ainsworth? He, I'm not saying he's old. Yes, I'm not he saying has. he's young. Yeah, I think I'm Could, it be, Ain- Could it be Ben Ainsworth? Brandon Ellis. Um, Can you just do anything for you? M- Matty Rao has a good set of hands. <laughs> and he has, he has some good arms. He has some... Yeah. Elbows are fine as well and shoulders. Wait. <laughs> yeah, no, I no, that one time his shoulder popped out. Take that back. Um, <laughs> no, Matt Rao, like, in, in and under, he knows how to get, get rid of the ball. Yeah, he like bends down, eats the grass, he writes it in the notebook. <laughs> Oh, can we make a modifier? Um, one of the <laughs> modifiers is Matt Rouse's death note. <laughs> he writes coaches in there that he wants to get fired. <laughs> uh, I like Ralph for arms. Ralph for arms? Yeah. All right. Um, yeah. Chris, who do you think for legs? Jack Lukosius. It has to be. He yep. can kick it far. Unload 70 meter bombs. To he can run. Who, who, who did he um, kick the goal against to win after the siren? Didn't he do it like three weeks in a row? Wasn't it Richmond as well? Might have been. That's funny. If that's the case, that's very, very funny. Um, I'm I'm cool with Lukosius. How do you fucking smell Lukosius? And he's he's got the loyalty. S- he didn't do the he didn't do the ranking and go back home to Adelaide. No. No he's stuck around. I think we got Lukosius now. <laughs> he's we stuck around. Don't have many modifiers. The trumpet slash didgeridoo after the goals. Yeah. How does that affect the player? Is that like just a buff? Yeah. All right, I'm up for that. I'm thinking like, thinking like bard vibes. So do we have any other modifiers? Getting fighting, yeah. <laughs> the Stuart, the Stuart Do modifier. The ghost of K Hunt. The ghost of Hunt. Is he dead? Um, no. As far as I'm concerned, yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think we've nailed it. We're going to nail it? <laughs> yeah, sorry. Look, if we're, think- if we're thinking this hard. <laughs> yeah. I think I think we've done it. We don't need multiple modifiers. We're supposed to only have one originally. We were meant to have none originally, Chris. Yeah, that was true. not meant to be a thing. And then I'm like, but, but Eddie Betts does commentary, not realizing how much trouble that's going to get us into. Originally, I was going to make these Falcon signs into like good, like fun photoshops. And then I'm like, nah, too much work <laughs> for me. <laughs> so we have Lockie Weller's surfer head. On uh, with Alex Sexton's cocaine moustache, we have Tuke Miller's raging bod, Matt Rowe's uh, little little feisty little hands picking up grass, running notebooks, uh, Jack Lacocious, like Jack Lacocious's legs, uh, and then modifiers. We have Matt Rowe's death note, 
uh, the post called Trumpet Celebration, which gives them a little bit of a boost. And do we have a third one? No, that was AF- it. AFL Concessions. AFL Concessions. And the Power of Concessions. <laughs> and assistant pa- Assistance Packages. They'll make an appearance in ne- next week's Falcons line. So I think that is one of the most tame Falcons we've had. Um, because, again, the team's been around for, for like three, four weeks. So in 10 years' time, when we're still doing the podcast, um, obviously one of us will be dead. Which one? Uh, we will revisit this and we'll have- God, a, I hope it's me. Uh, I'm, I'm right, it's a race at <laughs> the bottom with us, okay? <laughs> we'll, uh, we'll revisit this. But until then, we have a very normal person. <laughs> this is the most normal. Like this- uh, Last week's was pretty normal, actually. I would say the Geelong Falcons sign is winning on normal, but barely. This is winning on boring. <laughs> We just made their mascot, which is just a fella. Yeah. <laughs> just a bloke. He's just a dude. John. Just just a just normal men. <laughs> just innocent men. So as we always do, I think we should have a little bit of we've we've covered it off a bit in what we think Dimmer can achieve, but what do you think needs to go right for Gold Coast? to be competitive, and I'm not going to say premiership. It can happen, and I, I'm a firm believer that thing everything can go right in a miracle season. But I will say, what do Gold Coast need to do to make the eight in 2024? Um, no injuries to Took Miller, for one. Yeah. Rao needs to, fall, to hit his straps again. And yeah. I think we're going to see some real dimmer madness with some players swapping positions. I don't know who or where. But I think we're going to see a real shuffle up of the team. And obviously that needs to work. Yeah. Chris? Um, I, I just think that they just need to stay. They need a decent run with injury. Like, just to give them some optimism. They started to get some optimism in Raul's first season when he just burst onto the oh, scene God, with those so those good. few games. He was almost Brownlow favorite after round three. And then he was out for the season. Last year, Torquemilla was out in and out for most of the season. I ju- they just needed some decent run with injury. I think that Dimmer's going to have a really good impact on them. Um, also, a big season from Ben King. Yeah, another player who just needs a decent run with injury. Yeah. Uh, I currently have them probably finishing in the eight. Okay. I don't have them deep into the eight, but I, I have them probably sitting around seventh or eighth. Do you have a, a particular player in mind who you think is going to blow up this year? Um, I mean, the obvious one is Sam Flanders. There's just question marks over Dimmer's history as to if he will break that midfield of Miller, Anderson, and Raul by increasing. Like, Sam Flanders burst on the scene last year because Miller was injured. That was why. With Took back in the side full-time, there's. I was reading the other day that there are some question marks over Dimmer's history at Richmond that suggest Flanders probably won't have the midfield time that everyone's expecting. Um, outside of that, I think that... The player that we saw show some glimpses last year, and I think he's going to continue this year, is Bailey Humphrey. Yes. Uh, looks like a hell of a player, and I think he's the one that's going to really, really kind of cement his his spot in that side. I'm, I'm getting good. Let's get into the list. Um, for one, the, the player I was trying to think of before was Sam Collins as well. And ironically, Sam Collins is, you know, has the hair and the facial hair that we wanted the Falcons team, but I digress. Uh, I think the player that's going to blow up is Malcolm Roses. Yeah. I, I, I've got a good, good feeling small. about him. I think he's going to be quite a good little small forward. Little small forward. A small forward, if you will. Not a little small forward. Small forward. Small little forward. Yeah. You don't have to You don't have to keep going. That's fine. Don't ask me, but I am. 
My my tip for what Gold Coast need to do is to find consistency in their form. I think injury is an easy excuse when relatively they need to they need to build that depth that they have been trying to build since 2018, and they started bringing in all this young talent, and they have this list where really there are some guys in there that are extremely talented, and they're now starting to break through, and you have those isolated stars, and we know that the support's around them, so consistency in their game plan and execution will be the thing I th- that sees them rise up a lot more than just being lucky with injury, because you can't ever account, you have to account for injury because they just happen. You don't you don't ever predict them, you don't ever want them to happen. But it's it's easy for me to say, Oh well Took Miller was injured, so Gold Coast can't have done well. Well it's not actually the case because he was gone for a significant portion of twenty twenty three and we saw a Gold Coast that existed without Took Miller. And they've got these like you were saying, Stan Flanders is somebody who has talent that can step in. So that would be the one thing that I think they need to focus in on, and that's what Dimmer brings a level of consistency that they can build now in a game strategy that works. And with that, we've done it. Gentlemen, I'm proud of us. Yay. We've, we fumbled through this one and everything's wrapped up a little early <laughs> compared to the last few that we've done. No, it's basically a little bit longer than most. Um, <laughs> we did it. I don't know how we've, I don't know how we've done that. We don't need guests. What are you talking about? That's it. You're here because we're beautiful, and you're beautiful for listening. No, like a Gold Coast season, we started off strong and kind of fell apart towards the end. That's fine. <laughs> Listeners, you can find Falcon Footy Pod on everything. That's us on Twitter. That's us on Instagram. You can find us on Spotify, iTunes, Apple Podcasts, whatever you listen to. Please do go and listen. Share it to your friends. Share it to your enemies. Especially just help us out. That's what we want. Just help us. Give us a review. Us the the, the reviews actually help heaps. You can go on Spotify. All you need to do is go to the little star at the top. Give us five stars. Don't be a dick. Uh, and that helps us become more visible. So even if you don't like the podcast, give us five stars because then it'll make it more visible to people you don't like. And you can spread your hatred through us. If you rate us five stars on a platform, we will read out your review. Other podcasts have done this before with an asterisk. There is no promise that we will remember to do that. Yes, because I only ha- I don't have access to any of that. But I'm saying it. You give us five stars, we might read it out. Why not? You can follow Chris at Larry underscore sixteen on Twitter X, whatever we're calling it these days. You can you follow can, Jesse. But you probably shouldn't. Definitely don't, unless he fixes that smoke alarm. You can follow Jesse at Jesse Spanner, and you can follow me at Quantum JC. Now we're part of the Story Mode Podcast Network. So make sure you check out our sister shows, Dialogue Options, a video game podcast, and Love Letters, which Jesse, a very special Love Letters, came out just yes. this week gone. Yes, we did a wrap-up of uh, 2023, all the TV shows, movies, and games uh, that, w- that we loved. So I got to speak to a bunch of special guests, including these two fuckboys. Um, got to talk about their favorite films and shows of the year. And we also gave away our actual like awards, so to speak, uh, for TV show. Uh, movie and game of the year. So go check that out. Uh, Love Letters podcast. Just follow me or follow it, or just you'll find it. It's in the you can find it like in in the woods, I guess. Uh, we'll take. I'm taking a little bit of a break because I need I need rest. My bones are weary. But we'll be back soon. I think the first episode of the year is gonna be Jurassic Park. So check that out. Just just on the awards. That was a hell of an award that you made for. Thanks, man. 
for the game that. that won. Yes, I'm not going to say which game won, so you have to go listen to the podcast. But yes, I made a, a physical award. I've actually put up some posts about how I made it because it was tricky, but it was really fun. So I'm, I'm going <laughs> to start making stuff again. That's another reason to follow me. I'm going to tweet about it. Beautiful. Well, listeners, we'll see you next week where we're going to talk about the next expansion club, GWS. See ya. Bye. See ya. Beep.